0: Hello, tonight. and welcome to Marinate Mondays, guys. We know, we know, we know y'all have been waiting for us, but you know, we, your sweet ladies took some time to uh, rejuvenate, refresh, so we can come back and bring you some solid, juicy content as always. So today we're going to be talking about secret stashes. Should Ooh. have secret stashes? Let's go. guys. That's a tea for the day, and we're going to dive in, of course, usual from a Christian perspective, since we're Christians here, if you're new, just so you know that everything we're going to be talking about is based on scripture and biblical principles, and so we're diving in today, and we're going to start off by just asking, what is God's view of marriage? Um, the, The entire concept of marriage and focusing on the idea of being naked and unashamed So in Genesis 2, 24 to 25, the word of God says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. 25 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Guys, God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. We're going to use this as the basis for our first question what is the concept of being naked and unashamed? And, and do we think it applies to um, the, the idea of finances, financial issues, since we're looking at keeping a stash? Sonia, you wanna dive in for us and just
1: tell us what you think. Hello, 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 hello. Marinate Mondays. Oh, I almost said Mandays, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> the excitement of being on here. Um, yes, naked and unashamed. For me, it's like, you know, there's so many aspects to it. And of course, today we're focusing on the financial aspect of what that means. And to me, it's complete transparency between me and my spouse. Here's how much I make. Here's how much you make. Here's what we're um, hoping to invest. Here's what we're hoping to use for expenses. It's, It's just completely being transparent and honest. Um, I know there are certain situations where spouses have ways to communicate their finances to each other. Like some, you know, tell their spouse, hey, I make, tell their spouses, maybe they make 60% of what they actually make and things like that. We've heard so many stories and seen, we've heard so many stories online, watched many movies to that regard. But I think personally for me, and I would say for my sisters on this call, um, it's a transparent thing. Complete vulnerability. I think we've discussed that in one of our podcasts before. Um, it's, it's, it's not one or the other. I can't be vulnerable with my emotions and not be vulnerable with my finances. Um, it doesn't make for a healthy, growing, thriving marriage. So it's, for me, complete transparency. The 100% full effect. Whether it's mental transparency, spiritual transparency, physical transparency, financial transparency the coming together and the financial aspect of it is like, I must tell my husband, this is what it is. This is what we have. This is what we're going to use. This is how we're going to use it Hear from him. How all these things merge together. And I'm sure like in future discussions or as we're going through this call, there's more that we'll discuss, but that's it for me for a start. Be transparent about that money. I think
2: that's the godly thing to do. And yeah, if they see you naked at night, I mean, I I know people that, like, when when they're pregnant, like, their husband is, like, shaving their coochie. Like, if this man can shave your coochie before you go to the hospital, ain't no secrets that need to be kept. Like, just be open. Like, if they can do that, you can let them see you at your most vulnerable state, then your money is nothing to be hidden. Those are just my thoughts.
0: I love that. And I think that that's entirely the concept of being naked and unashamed and i think you know the word of god is very specific and it's very calculated so i think there's something key about god speaking about the fact that they became one flesh and then after right after that in 25 says talks about the naked and unashamed so i think becoming one flesh is kind of saying like i am you you are me we're one body so there's nothing to be hidden from each other. And so I think that plays really into the entire idea of um, just being open with your spouse and being able to share everything. I mean, if they see you, like Mama said, if they see you naked every day, every night, and they know everything else about you, why are you, you know, hiding that? And you, know, that takes me right into um, marriage because um, when we're getting married, there are specific vows that are said in the process of um, finalizing the entire process of marriage. And one key thing that stood out to me, that came to me as we were preparing for this podcast was when the minister usually says to the husband, and he says that you are taking this, maybe a person, a name, maybe Nana or mommy or Sonia, you are saying this person is going to be beside me, not above me or below me as an equal partner in marriage, These are vows that most churches, at least the one that the ones that we are from, um, require the spouse, the husband to say to his wife. And so in this process, um, saying these words and then to me coming back to be married and then your husband has like um, isn't honest about their finances or they have a secret amount of money they keep. I know there's people who don't tell their spouses exactly what they earn. Oh, my wife likes money too much. If I let her know what I earn, then she's going to want more money, you know, and all of that. And I'm I'm asking myself here, what do we define as equal partners? If someone is an equal partner with you, not below you or not above you and um, beside you uh, on an equal partnership, what are some of the, the key highlights that make you equal partners? You know, I was talking about finances, you know. What makes us these equal partners that we've come before God and said we are going to be outside of just being naked and unashamed, being one flesh and now equal partners? What is that? What, what, what does that look like to you?
2: I think that sometimes when we think about like equal partnerships, people start to think 50-50, right? But at the same time, Mm -hmm. Equal partnership does not necessarily have to be 50 50. But I think what it truly means is that each person is performing their due responsibilities in the marriage. So, what does God say about the marriage, right? So, if you're performing your duty in the marriage as a husband, as a wife, and you're doing exactly what God has asked you to do, then you're being equal partners in the marriage. So, in the same way, a spouse may be earning, let's say, he's in the um, um, 80K bracket, okay? His wife might be in the 60K bracket, right? An equal partnership is where they both say, we are contributing 10% of our income to this account for the household items, right? Although the 60K earners, 10% may be less and the 80K earners might be more, it's still equal because they're contributing 10% Like from both ends, based on what they're gaining, what they're earning. And so I think when we think about what God says or what we're told, like um, at weddings or saying our marriage vows, that this person stands at your side and not below or beneath you, it means that everything we're doing should be done at a level where no one feels like they're being cheated. And just going back to this whole money thing, that no one feels like um, now we're asking. I'm a six, I earn sixty k a year, and my husband is saying, um, put thirty k down for the year. And he earns eighty k, and he's saying, I'm also going to put down thirty k. At that point, it's not fair, right? And that's not an equal partnership because for him, it's not costing him as much as it's costing you. And so that's something that I think should be considered when we're thinking about equal partnership.
1: Yes, absolutely, mommy. I I. I'm in total agreement i think equal partnership doesn't have to we don't have to put a numeric value to equal partnership it's being in a position to contribute to the fullness of your capacity to something the fullness of your ability and the fullness of your capacity um and so i agree with what mommy said it's not necessarily a numeric value and i would i want to reiterate what nana said in the beginning of this podcast and that We are coming from a Christian perspective because today the world has so many views on what a marriage should be, what a marriage is, what equality means in a marriage. But we are coming from a Holy Spirit led understanding of Christ like love in a marriage. And that is very much inclusive of me using the best of me and my abilities in my God given strength whether it's physical or financial to contribute to the greatness and goodness of my marriage. So I'm here, sitting here saying oh you know what i make whatever x amount of dollars so i'm just gonna put you know like mommy gave like 10 percent or something for this account and you make this much money so you're gonna put 20 percent because yours is more than da. no at the end of the day i want to sit down because at the end of it all when i'm standing before my maker god is not gonna ask me well how Were you as a wife uh, to your husband? And I'm not going to give a reason and say, because my husband did this, it made me do this. That's not going to, that's not going to quote unquote fly. So it's like how did I as a wife show up in the fullness of my role how did I contribute to the fullness of my capacity and that is in my finances I'm going to be as equal as I can be with you like hey babe this is what I earn and this is um and I want I know that because of what I earn I can put this towards this um and i know that because of what you earn um explain me you can put this towards this and then we keep moving at that it's just a full transparency and understanding of me contributing to the fullness of my financial capabilities if i at night can lay next to you and get it on and contribute fully to the fullness of my sexual capabilities, which I one hundred percent enjoy doing, um, I should be able to contribute to the fullness. Yes, girl. Of my yes. And my financial status. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen.
2: And I really love a point that
0: I mean, both of you made um, very similar points about um, the fact that there shouldn't be like a monetary, um, a specific number to it. You know, and i I love that point because the society and the world that we're in realistically is set against us, and so um with regards to even income, it's very likely that even in the perfect scenario, husband and wife they both are both are doctors, but the wife may be getting paid less than her husband because she's female, and statistically we know that women are paid less, so it would be unfair to say, "Oh." You do A, B, C, and then you do this and that. And then um, the other person is more disadvantaged. This is why I, and I've, I've said it over, and over, my girls here know that this is my preferred um, idea. I think that idea kind of makes it equal for everyone is combining income. Because when you combine the income, then now the income becomes one, one flesh, one body, um, together as one. Because now we are seeing it and not as, person, um, husbands, uh, 50K, wife, 60K. But we're seeing it as we are a 100K household, you know. And when you view it as a 100K household, now we're able to um, perform our tasks based on a 100K household. Because the truth is, if you say, wife, you earn 60K and I earn 80K, so you do the groceries. You, at every point in time, it can never be equal. Prices may shoot up, um, bills may go higher. So it's never really equal. But if you bring it together and you say, We are a hundred K household. This is what we're paying for our bills. This is what we're paying for this or that. Then now what is left of that income? Our 50 K, we split it and we both use it for what we desire or maybe clothing or gifts. You know, I mean, if it's in one account, then if you want to buy your husband a gift, he's going to know, but then that amount allows you to have some privacy to be able to also use your money in ways that you may desire after everything in the house has been settled, so that's a preferred way for me that I think um just makes it a whole gives us the one flesh concept altogether and i'm gonna dive actually we're 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 trying to make sure that we stay within time, so I'm just gonna skip a question that we had and i'm and I want us to kind of think about coming from a Ghanaian background, where do we draw the line between what is cultural and what is scriptural because we look at it and we're thinking, I mean, my mom says, oh, um, you know, when your husband gives you some money, don't use it all for the groceries. Keep a certain amount aside. When you make your income, instead of say, I earn 50 bucks an hour, say I earn 42 an hour. And then the aid is yours. You know, always keep that secret stash just for yourself to be able to, you know, just in case, you know, people are shady. So you always need to be ready. Where do we draw the line from? Cultural advice versus what God requires of us. Where do we decide that we want to be more like Jesus and not try to play um, the smart card and always prepare ourselves? Because I feel like at the end of the day, humans are unpredictable in general, be it male or be it female. And so if we're all going to be like, um, let's prepare our, ourselves, then it's going to be something else. So where do we draw the line? How do we know? what is scriptural advice and what is cultural advice?
2: I think that one thing we also just like want to emphasize on is the fact that like this, this podcast specifically was inspired by a lot of like different thoughts, different observations we've had, like just in communication with other people, realizing that the way we think and the way we view the world is not how every single married person is viewing their marriage, viewing the world. Right. And, um, as Africans in general, like I would say that we go into marriage with all kinds of advice, but we need to have that distinction between what God is saying for us as believers versus what our culture is telling us to do. You know, people say things like, oh, men cheat. Uh, it's something they do, you know, but then there's also, but there's men who love God and serve God and yeah. believe God and are faithful yeah. men right? And that's the truth we are living in. And the Bible says that um, we may look like fools to the world when we follow him, when we do what he wants us to do. And so even entering into marriage and doing, doing everything that we do, it may sound like, oh, this girl is such a fool. Like, how can you be in marriage and you don't have a secret stash? But the truth is that we should enter into marriage or be in our marriage with a thought process of innocence, like Christ. If our relationship it's just like Christ in the church. How does Christ see us, the church? It means that he keeps giving us chances over and over again. He believes that we won't fail. He believes we will succeed. He has hope in us. He has faith in us. You know, he keeps giving us chances. And so that's the same way we need to approach marriage and our finances with our partners. Like we don't need to think about the fact that, oh, you know what? What if he's keeping some secret? Then let him keep it. Like if he's keeping some secret money, let him keep it. But at the end of the day, you have, you have a relationship with Christ one-on-one and you need to assess your relationship with Christ in relation to what you may be doing in secrecy, you know, because the, the key thing is that you want to be transparent. You want to have a God-like relationship, a child-like relationship in your marriage. And I think that includes being able to say, this is the money that I have, or I'm broke. Yeah. Like, this is all of it. And the world might think you're stupid, but it's about, what are my standards? Okay, my standards are that I am being honest, I'm being Christ-like, I'm being childlike, even if it means that I look foolish, you know? And so for me, I think that's the perspective with which we need to approach this whole like money thing. Like I will not keep a secret stash that my husband doesn't know about because I think that we're a unit. And if this is a partnership, then why are we on the same team but one person is fighting against the other. It makes no sense. You know, it makes no sense. And so like, those are my thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mommy, 100% agree with what you said. Um, I think already everyone knows like listening to our podcast, they know that we share the same (laughs) ideals and thoughts about a lot of things. Um, they might be translated differently between the three of us, but we do share the same. We're on the same page. Um, I'm, I will share that even one thing my aunt shared with me was like, she said, um, in today's day and age, like one thing to be recognized or to recognize is to have certain types of conversations, even before marriage. It's like, let's be transparent in our conversations before I get married. What is your view on finances? What um? what is your view on savings? What is your view on, you know, how we're going to build a home, how we're going to um, pay, pay bills, all of those things. All of those conversations need to be had, because she said that back in the day, there were certain assumptions that were made and that in today's day and age, we've just been exposed to a lot of information and that it's important that we have those conversations, even before marriage, Mm -hmm. to have an understanding of the person you're with and how their um, relationship is with money. Because then you get into marriage and then it's like, there's this, there's this thing about good intention of keeping a stash. It's like, oh, if I, let me just save this for just this, this and that, but like good intention. And I believe we've discussed this before. doesn't always amount to um, God's glory. Um, If I have the intention of cleaning the church every early in the morning, how does that show for the kind of heart and relationship I have with God? It's like, I may not have a good relationship with my, with my father, with Jesus, but I may be showing up to church every Sunday, singing in the choir, doing the ushering, doing all of those activities. And then you stand before your maker. I mean, Jesus said in the Bible, he said, these people came up to me, he said, God, we healed in your name. We did this, we did this. And Jesus said, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Um, So bringing it back to finances is that like how, like mommy said, the trueness of Christ in me, how am I representing that? And we can't want to represent that in one aspect. It's like, I want to be the praying wife, the fasting wife, or the praying husband, the fasting husband, the loyal husband, the truthful husband, and want to be the secret stash wife or the secret stash husband, or you know the, the 60% uh, um, income transparency husband, or the 20% um, support wife. No, it can't, it can't be either, or it has to be the full spectrum of being Christ-like. And so for me, like with mommy, I, I totally agree. How am I showing up truly and fully transparent in Christ and not trying to represent something else that I'm not because at the end of it, all, I'll send me from my maker and he's going to ask me ABC and I can't say I did ABC because of this, this, and that, you know? Um, so yes, I would, I would reiterate good intention. Doesn't always amount to God's glory in the end. This is for God's glory. So let's represent that as true yeah, Christians. I love that, Sonia.
0: And, and I mean, just around the, the cultural aspect, um, in relation to the scriptural aspect, just the idea that I believe there are certain things that even in the society we're living in now, we're not having to experience um, the same things our parents um, had to experience you know, or our great grandparents or grandparents even had to experience most women. And I mean, my mother even told me at a point that her late dad, um, which is my late grandfather said that, I mean, women didn't need to go to school. And so you go to a certain point and then they're like, let's use our money to take care of the boys. So that you, I mean, back in the early 2000s, when I moved to Ghana, there were still songs about, send your girl child to school, send her to school. You know, I would hear those songs. And this is the early 2000s in Ghana you know, and which was odd to me. I was like, why are they making all these songs? So there were actually real realities where women were not being as educated as men and women weren't having the privileges that men were having. And in that kind of society, you cannot expect equal partnership per se. The reality of equal partnership was not very realistic, but for them, what that I would say meant was you cooking, you cleaning, because you cannot contribute financially, you are contributing um, in the house, taking care of kids and stuff like that. These things now, and I mean, I would say not for everyone, but for a lot of millennials and I mean, Gen Z, I'm not even going to go there, but for most (laughs) millennials now, that is not a reality because we are equally working equally doing our masters we're equally doing phds women are delaying giving birth they're equally working in the home so you and your spouse are going to work eight to five and it is not realistic to come home and have certain expectations because you guys are already equal partners with regards to education with regards to work and so saving secret stashes was their way of survival back then because they did not earn any money however In this time where we actually go to work and we earn money and we're educated. I feel like it is unrealistic to have secret stashes because you don't necessarily have to work or struggle to survive. So that is more cultural. So our parents or our great grandparents or grandparents passing that on to us was what they did to survive. But we are placed in different circumstances. So culturally, we don't necessarily need to do that anymore. And that aside, spiritually, it does not make us one flesh. And the reason why, back to what I said, is that what made them equal then would be them doing the house duties was and made them one flesh back then was because they were not able to contribute financially to the household. Yeah. These were farmers, they give birth, they go, their kids to the farm. And so, although I would still say that there was the one flesh concept of women doing what they had to do at home. It was more because they could not financially contribute. And so in the current setting, we find ourselves in. I do not think that there is a need for us to have secret stashes. I feel like there's a need to be transparent, to be open and to um, share with our our spouses what we do and what we earn. And to just round up, I just want us to share um, one key thing each that we think we can all do to be more transparent financially with our spouses.
2: I think the key thing I would say is, um, ask questions. If you, if you think you, if you think that's something you've never really thought about, like start to ask questions. Oh yeah. Um, Bo, you said you have this account. What's in there? You know, what is our plan for this money as a couple? Um, do you have any investments? Because sometimes genuinely, because like you're saying, women also have their own thing going on. You're not nosy about the money that your husband is earning because you might be doing your own thing, you know. If I dare say now, some women are more educated than their husbands. Some women are earning way more than their husbands. So, the mind isn't so focused on what the man is doing. So, you might just know he brings money home, but you don't know exactly what he's up to in that regard. So, one thing you can do is ask questions. You know he has an investment. What's the investment for? Do we have a plan, financial plan for our kids? Do we have a financial plan for that? Like what schools we're sending them to? Like what colleges, universities and all of that stuff, you know? And I think when you start that conversation by asking questions, it, it leads you to a place where you can have those conversations about your finances and just come to a place as a couple where you're being more open, more transparent, and you both know more and you're drawing closer to oneness every day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mami, very well said. To add, to ask questions, I think my thing would be communicate clearly and truthfully. Um, there's no reason for you. If I join my life to yours for the rest of our lives, we are intertwined. Our life is one. Then I think I believe, and I, no, I don't think, I believe I owe it to you to communicate very clearly and truthfully and honestly. If, um, if i'm not comfortable with a certain way that you're managing finances i should be in a in a in a capacity as your wife or as your husband to communicate that with you and i think that opens avenues for even more conversation for example some like someone may not be um, a, a husband may not be comfortable sharing that they earn x amount of money with their wife maybe explain to your wife okay when i was growing up listen this is what happened in my home this is this is how like i was raised this is what i viewed money as um, and this is this is why I'm, I, I'm i'm acting the way i'm acting. this is where i'm coming from and truthfully the response from the wife may be such that it may be healing to the husband you 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 may provide healing to your husband husband in that regard maybe that safe space for him to openly transparently and clearly communicate his finances like every opportunity for communicate every communication opportunity is a window to more growth in your marriage be it finances or spiritual physical so let's be intentional about about communicating clearly and I don't know I was very led by the Holy Spirit to touch on the healing aspect because sometimes the way we have grown and the things we have seen have a reflection on the ways we act in our marriages so in communicating clearly to our spouses we each can understand where we're coming from with some of the things or the ways we act specifically in relation to this podcast with money and And we can provide healing to each other and form a new understanding of what oneness in marriage means with our finances and then build our marriage from there. So that when we expand our families, have kids, they grow into what we have established, the newness of a Christ-like marriage and then grow from there. So that's that's what I believe. I love that. And, you know, overall, just that transparency um, will
0: help us all in our marriages, even build um, a marriage that is. Comfortable a marriage where people are healed a marriage where um, we touch on each other's weak points and you know the fact that maybe your your mom used to keep money because your dad used to spend on uh, on on alcohol doesn't mean your husband is gonna do that so you don't need to keep that the fact that your husband your 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 dad left doesn't mean that your husband is gonna leave. Sometimes the issues that we face force us to behave a certain way. And so let's come to our marriages with a renewed mind. Let's come being transparent. Give your spouse the opportunity to even show how they will behave given that information, give them the chance to say, oh, this is what I earn," And your wife would be like, oh, wow, that's great. You know, then we can maybe save some more, you know, give them a chance to react. And so that's all I'm going to say, guys. Um, At the end of the day, um, concluding factor is that we do not believe in secret stashes over here on Marinate Mondays. We love you guys all. Go think about it. Go listen, listen, and listen again. Go read through the scriptures, you know, let God convict you and come to that conclusion by yourself go out there be open with your spouses go be transparent and continue to love god and so once again this is Mary me